Welcome to Leader Secrets Revealed, tapping into the tips and tricks of great leadership. And this is for new and emerging leaders and people who report to leaders and want to know how they can influence them to be even better. Enjoy. Welcome to Leader's Secrets Revealed podcast, where my goal is to help you understand some of the secret skills that exceptional leaders have to create high-performing teams, skills that you can develop to increase your abilities to step up into leadership roles, increase your reputation as a leader, and create the sort of culture that you and your team want to be part of. If you would like to learn more about my Dynamic Leaders and Teams programs or how to delegate effectively for leverage, please go to mariburgess.com and click on contact or email me at mari at mariburgess.com and mari is spelled m-a-r-e-e. At the end, I'd love to hear your tips for great leadership or leaders you think I should interview. Today, I'm talking with Stephen Lynch from Sustainability Victoria about his leadership magic. Stephen was born in Swan Hill and spent most of his childhood growing up in the small Victorian town of Birchip. After finishing school, he completed a Bachelor of Arts at ANU in Canberra and worked for Bank Australia for over 14 years across a number of roles where he was focused on demonstrating the business case for sustainability. This included being involved in setting up what is now the Bank Australia Conservation Reserve and the Bank Australia Impact Fund. For the past three years, Stephen has been working at Sustainability Victoria. He led a team to refresh the award-winning Resource Smart Schools program and for the past 18 months has been Acting Director of the Business and Built Environment Group. Welcome, Stephen, and thank you for joining Leaders Secrets Revealed. Thank you for, for having me. So, Stephen, I'm curious about your title. You're Director of the Business and Built Environment Group. Tell me a little bit about what that group is. Yeah, so that group um, within SV, uh, we have a core focus to work on. Um, it's sustainable in Victoria. We have a core focus to work in um, the resource recovery or, or, um, or circular economy area and also within the uh, um, reducing um, emissions around climate change. So within um, my group, the, the, we are very focused on working with businesses and the built environment, both residential and commercial, and working with those sectors to help them achieve um, zero net carbon by 2050, which is consistent with the Victorian government's goals. Fantastic. All right. Tell me a little bit about your leadership story. Yeah, so as, I, as sort of you mentioned in the bio, I was um, born in Swan Hill and, and grew up in um, in Birchip. And I think, you know, Birchip is one of those um, country towns where um, there's a, there is a real genuine sense of community and, and people get in um, and get involved to get things done. And I, I was sort of very much part of, of that um, when I was growing up and, and that civic um, leadership, if you like, and I was involved in a range of community groups and, um, you know, to get youth spaces for community, for, um, for young people and basketball competitions going and a whole range of, of different things. So I've always if I've seen what, you know, at a young age, relatively young age, what leadership can, can achieve and... Um, and then, like a lot of young people in in those communities, I, I went away to, to university and um, really wanted to, to learn more about, um, oh, I suppose, uh, it really my, my degree under the arts degree was really trying to understand um, international relations and sustainability. And and then um, I, I returned to, to Victoria, but to Melbourne, 
and got a job with um, uh, then Members Australia Credit Union in, a, in an entry-level role. But at that stage, um, that credit union had announced a merger and they were really going to um, to have sustainability as a core principle. That was back in 2002. Um, and I was able to really, um, you know, through, the, through my over 14 years with that organisation as it morphed into what's now known as Bank Australia, um, really had the opportunity to... Um, to do a lot of work that was consistent with my own values and consistent with the values of, of, of that company, obviously, and to really um, try some some interesting things. And I ended up um, ended up in a, in a manager role in um, I think it was two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, um, and and have been in sort of management ever since, um, in sort of official leadership roles ever since. Right. Thank you. So you've worked in a couple of organisations. You obviously spent a long time with um, <coughs> the, the, that first organisation, Bank Australia. What sort of help or mentors or support or what did you seek out yourself to to step you into this leadership role? Yeah, a number of things. I think um, I've always tried to you know, have a people around me who I trust and can go to for advice and whether that's friends or, um, you know, if there's someone that I admired or I thought was doing really interesting work, I'd often sort of stand them out for a, for a, um, for a coffee and, uh, and a chat. Um, then uh, I've continued to do a, a lot of professional development as well and really invested in my own professional development. So, you know, um, completing sort of formal and informal studies um, I uh, saw my relationship with my manager as a mentor relationship as well as a sort of manager um, relationship. I employed a, a leadership coach um, for a period of time as well. So a real combination of, of, um, of sort of formal and informal assistance to really help me um, develop my leadership capacity. So tell me a little bit about the, the teams you've led along the way and, and perhaps what you've tapped into to, to build them up. Yes, yeah, so I've led a number of, of um, diverse teams. So I think one of the most diverse teams was when I was um, the National Community Banking Manager at Bank Australia and that was a, a team that had um, people spread across, you know, um, regional Victoria up to Queens, up to Brisbane, the ACT, um, Canberra, and as well as having staff in, in Melbourne. And, and um, I, the reality of, of, of that was I didn't get a lot of face time with, with my people. So um, trust was a really big thing um, in, in my role, you know, that having to really tr- – I'm always trusting, but just making sure that your staff feel trusted and that you're not. You're just knowing that you're not always going to be there, be there physically for them. So putting in place other ways that you can support them do their job. And I think one of the things that I really learnt um, in that role, and I've tried to take that forward, is that um, one is being really clear around what the team's trying to achieve. So what what, what is it as a team that we really stand for and what we're really trying to do. And then within that, giving people um, the freedom to be themselves and, and, and the ability to work in a way that's true to them, but within that context of what the, of what the team is about and what the team's trying to, to achieve. I think that's probably one of the key things that I've, that I've learned there and that I've tried to, to bring forward into other leadership roles. Because yeah. I guess in my experience with the leaders that, that I've worked with and the teams that I've been part of is 
that that trust is almost like the first thing that that's got to be nailed before you can get anywhere close to mm-hmm. working well as a team or even becoming high performing. Um, and yeah, it goes both ways. You have to trust your individual team members. So great that you give them that that view of what the whole team is trying to achieve, and they have to to trust you. So what are the some what are some of the things about trust? If you could break it down, that that stands out for you as like either the the keystones or the steps to get there. Yeah, look, I think it's about oh, it's an overused word at the moment, but uh, in leadership sort of discussions, it is about me, about being authentic um, with people, and um, most people can smell, you know, when you when you're not being who you really are. Um, so I think it's just about trying to be understanding who you are, trying to demonstrate, trying to show that. To, you, to your staff, and then trying to really listen and understand who they are and where they're coming from, um, and then I've found that that generates a lot of trust. If you if you can really understand where um, why your staff member is at work, what they want to get out of work, and where they want to go, and also what you know, and some staff members want to give you a little bit, and some want to give you a lot around what's happening in their personal life, and that's totally you know that across that spectrum, that's totally fine. But trying to understand. I think that for a lot of people, work is only part of their life, and um, and trying to build trust and understanding around around that, I think for me is a key is a key part. So, in your director role at the moment, what what do you find is your biggest challenge? Yeah, I think one of the the biggest challenges uh, I think at the moment in leadership is actually getting comfortable with ambiguity. I think you know we, we, we all always strive for clarity, and I think clarity is something we all, as leaders and not uh, my staff, is something to really to chase um, and demand clarity. But at the same time, it's not always possible to give that for everything to be really black and white and be really clear about what's required. So I think getting people comfortable with ambiguity, getting people comfortable with um, not being perfect and not and not having to be perfect. Um, and that, and getting comfortable with the, the notion that um, whilst you might have to make a decision, that the decision you make, as long as you're making that decision based on the best information that you have today, um, and the, 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 that's okay, that things can change and you can go back and change things in, in some cases, but just being comfortable, you may not have all the bits of information, um, but sometimes you've got to make a decision. So sometimes you've got to make a decision based on Everything you know, everything you know, not everything you need to know. Yeah, well, that's a big one, um, and you're right that that impacts every organisation in in this day and age. Any, uh, it, what? How do you do that? How do you help your team do that? It's one thing to do it yourself. How do you help your team do that? Uh, it's something I'm, you know, it's probably because you know, the recency bias things. But I think one of the things we're using at the moment a lot of is scenario planning and actually trying to. We think about well, if this happens, what else could happen? Um, if 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 we want to achieve X in five years, what are all the things that need to happen in order to make that happen, and what are all the things that can go wrong? So um, all can go right, rather because you know it's not always about what can what can go wrong, um, and, and that allows you to unpack uh, a whole range of things to um, so to give you options to navigate through that ambiguity. Um, or, or as things emerge to deal with them. So scenario planning, that's that's um, fabulous. Okay. 
Um, so with that, what do you think if if someone was to to tell you what they see as your greatest strengths, what would they tell you? Oh, I think well, two things generally come to the fore. I mean, one's, uh, one's gratitude and, one, and the other one's perspective. And an example of that, the other day, so Friday, I was working with a colleague on to a, to a, to a very tight deadline. And I was trying to support so we had achieved that deadline. And, and at the same time, I was aware that some helicopters were being sent to a small community, I believe, in the Alpine area to offer evacuation for the, for the fires. And I said that, I said as things were getting a bit sort of tense, where we're going to meet the deadline, I remember saying, this might feel like pressure, but right now there are people who are being offered a helicopter to evacuate them from a fire, so that's pressure. This is um, important. We need to meet the deadline, but let's just do our best and things will work out. Um, and for me, I try and use that perspective when I think in the work environment, and I'm part of it as well, we can get quite engrossed in our own work and sometimes the ability to step back and see our work in sort of the greater, the greater things that are going on in the world um, or in our lives and, and try and put the relevance, the relevance, the required relevancy to our to our work. It's not saying that it's not important because it is, but it's just understanding that um, the world might end if I don't if I get it in at two thirty rather than two o'clock. Uh, and I love that perspective. That that plays out so much in my life. And my perspective, I keep linking back to the time when I spent nursing. Whereas what what I do, what I did when I was in corporate, and what I do now. You know, people's lives aren't necessarily, well, hopefully not at risk, like when mm. you're in a major trauma hospital. And that really puts things into perspective for me. The fact that you're able to to take that perspective and share it with others and get them to see that as well is such a great skill to, to have and literally take that pressure yeah. off. So tell me about gratitude. You said gratitude and perspective. Yeah, for me, the gratitude thing, I suppose, it's, it's linked to perspective, but it's different. It's, it's about... And they understanding that um, the opportunities we get um, are unique, and so it's about being grateful for them, but then about making the most of them. So, you know, the ability to, for example, to work at Sustainability Victoria, where you have a real opportunity to make a difference to the lives of Victorians through the work that we do, is something that I'm you know really grateful for. And I, I, I don't see it as a, um, I see it as a privilege, if, if you like. So I, I don't see it as, you know, a right or I don't see it as, see, see the role as, um, particularly. Um, I don't, I don't um, yeah, I just think it's about understanding that it's unique to have these roles, um, you know, to, 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 act as, to, to act as a director, to be a manager, um, not everyone has that opportunity, um, whether that be in Australia or globally. So, yes, to be a little bit of that perspective, with it, being really grateful for what you got and the opportunity you have, and then doing the best with that opportunity. That's how I sort of speak attitude. So, you've you've been in this director role now for eighteen months, which yeah, means yeah. you've really had to step up in in more ways than just um, managing perhaps a different team. But certainly, your thinking has to have taken that step up as mm-hmm. well, which usually happens when we go into more senior roles. So tell me around your, um, does, does delegation, has that come to the fore for you in, in a bigger way 
in this director role or are you good at delegating or actually you hold things close to your chest? Yeah, it's something, to be honest, I, I, I continue to need, to need to work on um, and I think it's been, a, a, to be honest, it's been a challenge. I found it a challenge going from a manager or a director in terms of, uh, you know, the, making sure that I'm doing the right work and that I'm um, being clear to my people about what's, their work as a manager and mine as a director, and that's something I had to work to work through. I think that's, you know, that's relatively normal when you when you go from that whenever you make that step up, you're just just finding that level and sticking to that level. Um, so I think what I've tried to really, you know, when I've reflected on on that challenge, it's really about for me being clear about what's in my area of responsibility and what isn't, um, and resisting that urge that I think all all leaders or managers have to. Um, Thinking that the, the, the quick thing is to correct the work and complete it and, and pass it on, rather than handing it to coach to hand it back and coach people through it, which has a um, uh, it takes longer in the short term. The, the longer term benefits are, are far better. So about making sure um, you continue that and resisting the urge to get into the detail and try and stay at that right level or knowing when knowing when you need to be at the. T- the when you need to be um, on the dance floor, when you need to be on the balcony. Great concepts. Fantastic. Okay, so as well as your strengths of gratitude and perspective, in your experience of being led, which you obviously have people that you report to now and have done in your previous roles, but also as a leader, what what do you think are the top leadership tips? Yeah, um, uh, look, I think for me it's, it's really about I really, really uh, resonate with people who are passionate, um, have purpose, and are really, um, really authentic. I think that's they're, they're things that I'm sort of drawn to. People who can really set a vision and, and, and a clear vision. Um, that's certainly um, something I'm drawn to. I think for me, my tips really are around really putting some effort into really understand who you are as a as a leader and what you want to be known for and what your strengths are and core values and strengths are and then lead from them. And I think where I've um, done well with leadership is when I actually stick stick true to those values and strengths and when I've perhaps not done as well as I would have liked is when I've gone away from those from time to time. Mm-hmm. The other bit of I think it's easy, um, I think one of the, and you see it in, in leaders who put a lot in and forget to look after themselves. And I think, you know, to be the best for your people, you need to look after yourself in whatever way that means to you. But I think um, looking after yourself is really in, in important. And the other sort of thing that I, I learned from a, a former manager is this, I don't think I learned it just, that just from him, but um, certainly from my family as well, but is this notion of perseverance, uh, especially if you really believe, believe in something, believe it's the right thing to do. And so really... You know, you might put up a proposal for something and get it knocked back, but that in itself at that time may not necessarily mean it's a bad idea. Um, it might mean that it's not the right time or it might also mean that you haven't actually articulated your case uh, well enough and haven't made yet a compelling argument. So, you know, that, that, that idea to, to, to continue to persevere, to rethink your arguments, to, to try and really um, not give up if you really think it's the right thing to do with something that I think um, and played a long game, and I've been involved in projects that sometimes haven't have taken close to a decade to get off, um, and some that have 
you know, take them less than a month. So, uh, and there's a whole range of reasons why that's the case. But that perseverance, I think, is a real, real key one. Uh, that reminds me, I caught up on a lot of my reading over my Christmas break and read Simon Sinek's, we actually listened to the audio, Simon Sinek's Infinite Game, which is mm. as leaders we need to take that infinite game rather than just focusing on the short game, which is really what you're saying is play, play that long game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, really worth, worth a listen. Sam, do you have daily habits? I try to. Um, I think one one of mine is I'm up I'm up early whether I like it or not because of my, my kids but I'm always an early riser anyway. Um, but I, I like to get into work early. Um, yeah. it, it suits my lifestyle. Is that to escape the kids? No, not at all. <laughs> we're, we're, we're an early we're, we're an early household. But I've always got into work early, and I've always tried to use that time to set my day up. Um, and I find that that just gives me that time to really to 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 get into the day while people are sort of still probably having their breakfast and getting up. Um, the other one, the other daily habit I have is, um, you know, I'm not a, I don't take, you know, I'm not someone who generally takes a long lunch break, but I generally try and go for a walk every day at lunch, even if it's just around the block, just to get out of, um, just to, to, to physically get out of the workspace for a period of time. I find that really useful. And the other thing I do is, um, is, is get home. Um, part of it's sort of it's related to getting it early, but is to get home um, at a reasonable hour. So I'm generally home by, um, you know, by five o'clock most nights to you know to be with the kids and have dinner with them and cook dinner. And um, you know, I might do a little bit of work most nights just when everyone's asleep. Um, not every night, but some nights. Um, but generally, um, yeah, that's for me is to is to you know get in early, um, work hard through the day. But make sure I'm I'm home to be to have that really important time with my wife and, and family. Fantastic. Uh, if if you were to um, actually, I'll just ask my my next question, which is around your personal self development. You you do go for that professional development for yourself. How do you do that? And is and then leading from that, you know, do you listen to podcasts or books, and do you have any that you'd recommend? Yeah, so for me, professional development's always been important and I've always, you know, at every second year I'll, have, I'll think about, okay, well, what's another course that I could do or what's something that's outside of my current role that I'm interested in that I could, that I could do. So in 2019, I was uh, very fortunate to complete the Williamson Community Leadership Program. I think that was one of the most uh, rewarding, yet challenging um, years of my, um, my life from, from a leadership perspective. Um, as I think I mentioned earlier, I've, I've employed a leadership coach in the past. I've um, start, started to undertake an MBA and, and at least um, I got to and completed the uh, you know most of most of that. And I'll go probably go back and complete that um, in a year or two. Um, so I've always sort of invested in um, invested in that professional development, um, seeing that as important. Uh, but I actually use. Um, Podcasts and the like as a way to switch off. So most of my podcasts don't relate to professional development. A few of them do, and you know, there's one that I, I try and check in uh, from actually uh, a Williamson uh, colleague, um, Mike Davis, who set up a, a, a podcast around purpose. So people might want to check that out. Um, but I, I've, I've, um, I listen to a lot of basketball podcasts and true crime podcasts. You know, I love the Trace series from the ABC. I just find them a really good way to switch off from uh, from work. Um, 
that's the, the main way I use podcasts. That's fantastic. And Any the, books should, you get should, done? I, and from the books, I don't. Most of the books I read are um, a children's book to my, to my yeah. children. But I, I, do, I do subscribe to a number of leadership newsletters and I was actually saying to someone yesterday, it's amazing how many times I'll get a newsletter from, you know, from, um, from an ex-leadership coach or a, someone I've thought who, who, have, who have known for a while and they send out their regular email. And it comes just when I need it. Um, so it might be, you know, some, some tips for something or it might be a different way for leaders to think. And it's amazing how those things come uh, so timely. They just fall with it. And it might only take 10 minutes to read or less than, but it just forces you to sit and think about, oh, how, how am I going to, how am I actually going at the moment? Am I consistent with this? And what other ways could I, could I think about doing my job? I find them really useful. Fantastic. Um, okay, I might actually get some and some names. To, there was a bit of a muffle there for one of uh, those yep. podcasts. I might just grab some of those off you later to go in the show notes. What is your parting advice for emerging leaders? Find a good mentor and I think um, and a range of mentors. Um, so I would, you know, find someone within your work, but I'd also encourage people to find someone out of your work who isn't your um, partner or boss who doesn't have a vested interest in your success. Um, Because that actually, I found that a really good way to get true true honest feedback. Um, I think you can get fantastic feedback and I have as well from people who work closely with me. That's amazing the different insights you get from someone who actually doesn't have a vested interest in your your success. I would really um, encourage people to consider uh, um, getting a a personal coach. I found I did that for a year and found it one of the most rewarding um, leadership experiences I've had in terms of just really unpacking um, who I am as a leader and where I want to go. Um, consider different courses. I've just completed the Williamson Community Leadership Program and found that um, excellent. Um, find the people that you admire and ask them for coffee. I've always been... Um, surprised at how willing um, people are to catch up and share their knowledge and expertise uh, when you ask them. So, so don't be afraid to ask. And, um, and don't wait is the other one. So if you've got a good idea, um, if, if you've got some, some things you think you can add value to, just go for it. Um, uh, good things will, will come your way, I think, if you're actually prepared to um, put your hand up and, and try different, different things. Fantastic. Stephen, it's been a delight to chat with you. I'll be putting your LinkedIn contact within the the show notes and and a summary. Uh, And for people that that want to uh, link in with you, if you are going to link in with Stephen, please put a personal message to the notes so that he knows where you've come from. And uh, that's, that's really it from me unless you have anything to add. No, that was it. Thank you very much. All right. Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please share the link with colleagues and friends or on your social media feeds and help others learn how to be great leaders. Or if you're in a team, what a great leader looks like and how you can help develop that. If you know of someone that you think I should interview, please let me know via my website. Thanks.